So let me ask you, have you ever going to buy something either on the internet or the store and the description says some assembly required? Now you know what that means, right? It means nothing. Because I'm going to tell you, there's usually 15, 20, 25 pages in at least four different languages. <laughs> this is just a simple chair. And so, you know, when you read this, some assembly required, you think about it. I mean, some of the instructions don't have a single word. They've just got pictures. And so you'd think this is going to be easy. Yeah. Anybody that's done this on Christmas Eve, I'll tell you what you'll have left over. Parts. You'll have parts left over if you don't follow the instructions. Has it ever happened to anybody other than me? Amen. (laughs) So it doesn't matter what it is that you're trying to put together. It comes with a description and some instructions. And so as I thought about that, and as I had to put some things together this last week that had some parts left over, that I decided, you know, guys, they'll just decide, I can do this. I got this. And that's a big mistake. Because the instructions are there for a reason. They're there to help us, to guide us, to give us a way, kind of show us how to get it going. And, you know, you can take the instructions and use them. Or you can say, I got this. There was this one stereo cabinet I put together And it's the kind of cabinet you may or may not remember, but it's wood and it's got the glass fronts and there's this little metal thing on the top you push and the glass door will come open and you'll push it back and it'll close. The instructions that I got, it showed the cabinet upside down, but I didn't realize that. (laughs) And so, you know, the cabinet's upside down and you've got these instructions And so I'm starting to put it together, and it's not working. And finally, it dawns on me, wait a second. This thing's upside down. And it was almost assembled. And so I kind of had to disassemble it. It was embarrassing. I didn't tell very many people about it. Y'all are the first ones I've told, as a matter of fact. And so I went back, and I said, Maybe I'll just follow the instructions. It works a lot better that way. And and I'll tell you this much also. It's like our life. You know, isn't there some assembly required in our life? I mean, we try to get our life together and put it together. Sometimes the things that we try don't work. Sometimes the things that we try don't fit. They they just don't go together for us. But we've got some instructions. 
I mean, if you think about it, the instructions here that we have in church are the Bible. You know, there are 66 books in the Bible. You talk about some instructions. I read the Bible through a, a few times, all the way through. And I've got to tell you, sometimes I still, there's areas I don't, ha- I don't get it. I, it doesn't work for me. It, it's like it's upside down for me. Is it like that for you sometimes? Yeah. You know, you try to get into the Bible and you, you're thinking this is going to work good, but it's, it, it, it doesn't work. So then you narrow it down like I would. I say, okay, I'm just going to go with a 10. I'll just get the big 10 down, right? And I even mess those up, you know. You try to get them right. You try to follow the instructions. And guilt can get you all over the place, you know. You're thinking, Jesus said, you know, the Ten Commandments said, don't, don't murder. Jesus said, no, no, if, if you look at something, if you hate your brother, you committed murder. So it's like, man, I, I failed again. Or how about the, you shall not commit adultery. He said, yeah, but if you look at a woman with lust, you committed adultery. So you say, darn it. I can't quite get that. The Pharisees, here's what they did. They broke down the law. They only had the Old Testament, and they broke it down into about 613 specific laws. Do you think anybody got all those right? Do you think that they followed those instructions and got them right? No. And then they had the law and the prophets, you know, the first five books of the Old Testament and then the prophetic books that go with it. And so what happened is they broke this down even further. We've got more instructions in order for us to get some assembly required. The Mosaic laws, the Levitical laws, and the Torah. Here's just a brief on some of the Mosaic laws. Let's see how you do with them. I can tell you how I would do with them. Don't embarrass others, Leviticus 19.7. Don't take revenge, Leviticus 19.18. Don't be superstitious, Leviticus 19.26. Don't attempt to contact the dead. Deuteronomy 18.11. Here's one that comes up with, uh, my kids ask me about it sometimes back. Don't tattoo your skin, Leviticus 19.28. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know? Uh, but you see, I'm getting to this. I was hoping, I was hoping that would kick it because I've got a couple of kids with some tattoos. But I'm coming back to this. Bless God after meals, Deuteronomy 8.10. Give charity, Deuteronomy 15.11. In the Leviticus law, the Levitical laws, to know there's a God, not to have any other gods, to know that he is one, to love him, to fear him, to sanctify him, not to profane his name. And the list goes on and on. All these laws, all these instructions, have all these opportunities to get them wrong. Here's what James says. He even goes further. James 2.10 says this. For whoever keeps the whole law, yet stumbles on just one point, 
is guilty of breaking the law. I mean, you can get all of these just right, according to James, and break just one of them. Have you ever broken just one? Amen? Yeah. I know I have. Over and over and over again. You see, following the instructions, they can either make you or break you. So I want to tell you, don't make it harder than you have to. Today, I've got a message of hope for you. Today, I've got a word of encouragement for you. I've got some instructions for you that come right out of the Bible, that come right out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, and he's going to simplify this for you. I hope you want simple today. I hope you want something plain and easy today because this is where it is. Jesus was around a group of people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they were challenging him on points of the law, and they were trying to get him to make a mistake. Is everybody in, has anybody in religion ever counted your mistakes? Ah, oh, look at there. Yeah, look at there. I got you. You said a cuss word, you're going to hell. And these same people were around Jesus. They were experts in the law. And here's what, here's where our text is today, Matthew 22, 34, 35, and 36. Hearing that Jesus silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. Now, I want you to know that what Jesus did is the Sadducees came up to Jesus, and they asked him questions. And the question was about marrying and being married in heaven after being divorced. And they went through this whole thing with him about, okay, so if you're married and your husband dies, then the, the next brother takes over, and then they die, and the next one takes over, and then they die, and the next one takes over, and then they die, and the next one takes over, and then they die. Who are you married to in heaven? Like, who cares? Right? Who cares? Like, get over it. But you see, they wanted to pin him down to check him. And Jesus says, hey, you don't know the scriptures. There's, there's no marrying in heaven. We're all glorifying God. The Sadducees just shut up. It silenced them. So then the Pharisees got together. And in verse 35, one of them an expert in the law. Can you imagine going against the person that is the smartest one in the room that knows everything, and here you are going to face them? This was the circumstance, and there were a lot of people around to watch it. Have you ever been in a place where you know that, man, they're going to ask me a question. What am I going to say? One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. He said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And so here we just went through 66 books in the Bible, 613 laws that the Pharisees came up with, all these Levitical laws, all these Deuteronical laws. You think about putting something together and you think about, well, which one's the most important? How can I put my finger on what's going to make the most sense? And you got all these laws and all these books in the Bible. 
all the Ten Commandments. You, you got all this stuff running. How do we know as Christians which ones are the most important? I mean, which ones do you say, I'm putting this on the top pile and I'll get to that one later? How do you know? J- Jesus gives us a hint. He gives us a direct opportunity to do it the easiest way possible. Listen to this. This is what he says when he's been captured, cornered. He said this, Matthew 22, verse 37. They ask him, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Which is the one that's the most important? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart. If you think about love, you think about those that you really love, a mother or father, a husband or wife, a brother or sister, a child, a relationship you've got with someone that you really love them, and you love them with all your heart. But not that. Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion. All those things that really, really work deep in you. Like a soulmate. Like you've got a connection. Jesus says this is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Give everything in your heart to him. He's making this easy. He says, love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Not just to have my knowledge of him, but to say, I am making a decision in my mind that I'm going to love my child no matter what they do. I'm going to make a decision in my mind that I'm going to love my wife no matter what she does. I'm going to make... I'm going to make my mind up that no matter what happens, I'm going to love God. He said this, this is the first and the greatest commandment. But he goes further. He said, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we all know the story in the Bible about the Good Samaritan. I talked about it a week or so ago, the person that was beat up in the ditch, robbed, went the wrong way. We don't know if they deserved it or not. The title of that was, can you just cut me some slack? I mean, love your neighbor. And he says this further in verse 40, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, the 66 books, the 613 rules, the 10 commandments, the Torah, the law, it all hangs on these two commandments. See, it, it's Christmas time, and the Lord wants to make this easy for us. As we approach the time 
where Jesus Christ is born, he's trying to help us understand what's important and to focus on. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, all of these, hang on it. You see, God wants our relationship with him to be easy, not hard. He doesn't want it to be hard. He doesn't want it to be complicated. He doesn't want it to be so busy during Christmas time that what am I going to do? How am I going to get a relationship with God? Where, where do I go with this? What do I do, God? There's so much, and I feel so much guilt because I can't get it right. He wants us to focus not on the failures of not getting it right the first time. That is not where he wants us to focus All these laws, all these books, all these commandments, all these rules, all these teachings, all these prophecies, all these parables, all this stuff that you can get so mixed up with, and hundreds of pages, thousands of things, and many different languages, you don't know which one to go to. And he's saying, keep it simple. I want my relationship with you to be simple, to be easy, not hard. You... You, we've all in this room pushed relationships that weren't right. Yeah, we've pushed them because we kept thinking, and we've pushed them because we kept thinking. And we've pushed them when we're trying to get it, and we knew at the time it wasn't right. Just was, you're thinking, what am I doing? Well, I'm doing it because I... I... And then you come to yourself and say, this ain't going to work. This is not going to work. God wants it to work. He wants it to be easy. He doesn't care if you get it wrong. He's a God of redemption. He's a God of forgiveness. So as you're thinking this season about the things that you may be putting together the next few weeks, if they're physical toys, and you're thinking about your life and your relationships, especially your relationship with God, If you're thinking about that and all this law stuff, I'm not saying the law is not important, but here's what I am saying, that love trumps law. Love trumps law. You can get hooked up on the law, and there's a lot of religions, and it's religious that'll want to count the things that you do wrong. Here's what the Bible says. That love does not count wrongs, but it rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Love trumps law. So if you are going into this season where we're going to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you're thinking about all the stuff that, man, I wish I could get this right. I wish I, love Trump's law. Love Trump's law. Just say that to yourself. When you mess up today or tomorrow or the next day, yes, you should get it right with God. But he's not sitting there with a chisel marking on a piece of granite. I got you. 
He's saying, man, I'm forgetting your sins as far as the east is from the west. Love trumps law. What I'd say, in your life and my life and our lives, some assembly is required. Don't stop assembling. Keep working on it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Now, if you're here today and you didn't get the instructions right the first time because somebody wanted to tell you how difficult it is to have a relationship with God, I'm here to tell you that love trumps law. Love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is where all of this stuff hangs. It's love. And, and if you haven't come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, today's a day. Don't let another Christmas season go by you. And, and if you have given your life to Christ and you're having trouble fitting it together, here's what you do this week. This week, every day, you say to yourself, love trumps law. I'm loved. I've given my life to Christ. He's not looking to hang me or get me or be after me. This is, this is, this is the week that his Savior, his Son, was born so that we could have life eternal. God would not have sent his son if his son were not going to have to pay a ransom for our lives. He loved him so much that he gave his only son that anyone that believes, anyone, would have eternal life. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for the ease of the gospel. I thank you, Father, that you make it just plain and simple to us that love trumps law. And I thank you, Father, that no matter what, you love us. You gave your son for us, and we accept that. Jesus, we thank you today. We praise your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.